Hey everyone, thank you for choosing to spend time out of your day to listen to today's episode. I'm your host, Zachary Aird, and let's get this playing. So today we're with Billy D from Cascade Hoops Talk. Thank you. Get a little closer. So yeah, let's just start off by saying who you are, what you do, and why we're both in the same conference room right now. Well, Billy D, Cascade Hoops Talk. Uh, I do a podcast uh, devoted 100% to NAI basketball. I cover it all season long. Uh, I cover you know all 22 conferences as best I can. I interview coaches and players all throughout the year. I go to every basketball game I can find. Uh, the last two seasons, 40,000 miles. I've traveled 25,000 of that by car. I've watched games oh, in Oregon, Kansas, Indiana. Uh, just uh, kind of a big NAI fanatic. So we came out here to uh, Kansas City, and we've been covering this tournament from day one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be here through the championship game. Yeah, so my first question that I wanted to ask you was, um, why have you been doing the podcast as well as why did you choose to do the NAI level? Well, okay, why did I do the podcast? That's mm-hmm. a good question. I uh, retired a couple years ago, and my wife said, you got to find something to do besides go shopping with me. <laughs> so I just always have been a big NAI fan. I grew up in Clown Falls, which is the home of Oregon Tech. Mm. Uh, been an Oregon Tech fan since I was a little kid. My dad was a just a huge basketball guy, and uh, he used to take me up to Oregon Tech before Danny Miles. Older guys will know who Danny yeah. Miles was. He won <laughs> well over a thousand games at Oregon Tech, uh, and uh, basically, I just grew up in that gym. Mm. And then Danny Miles got hired when I was fourteen years old. All of a sudden, we started winning games there at Oregon Tech. And what drew me to the small college game. And why I stayed with it as I got older was that whole entire family atmosphere. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Yep. I mean, you know the you get to know you know all the players, but their families, their brothers, their sisters. You know the coaching staff, the athletic staff. And I was really drawn to that. And then as I got older and I could travel more to the opposing gyms, I got to know fans of other towns, players on mm. other teams. And I I really I just love that atmosphere. And that's why NAI basketball. And so when I do my podcast and I talk about my love of NAI basketball, it's not act. Yeah. I mean, I truly love NAI mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah, that's fun because uh, as we made it to the tournament and made it this far, uh, we actually been seeing like Coach Keeley's alumni, uh, Coach Keeley's family, and we. I was uh, been here for four years, so it's fun to be my last year and finally be at the tournament. Right. And so now seeing all the alumni, seeing all the family seeing his old AD, his new coaches, you know, Coach Rocky Lamar, like meeting those type of people. It's like, wow, like there's many people watching without you even noticing. So is that kind of what happened uh, with the family of NAI is what you're saying? Yeah, and it was, uh, well, the family of Oregon Tech, Mm -hmm. my own family, because my dad donated. He was the original Oregon Tech booster in town. Okay, yeah. Oregon Tech Athletics when I was a young man was quite frankly, embarrassing. <laughs> My dad was a local businessman, and he said, no, this can't stand. It's a small town. Yeah. Uh, and he thought it would be very good for the town, for Oregon Tech Athletics, to be more prominent. And so he worked really hard with uh, local businesses, mm. uh, started a booster club, and uh, t- you know, with together with a few other men in town, they were able to you know, start scholarships. And you know, Ooh, some yeah. of the things are the lifeblood of, of programs. But you talk about... You know, you, you 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 talk about that excitement and that that history. I got to tell you, relate one story. 
when I was, uh, I think I was a senior in high school, mm. and Oregon Tech basketball just really started taking off, but it was, still wasn't a big deal in town. And I think Oregon Tech, I believe we were 17 and 1. The only game we had lost was up at Eastern Washington, which at that time yeah. they were still in our, our conference. And Eastern Washington was coming down to town. And this high school, we went to a great, the great big high school. Every, all around the county came there. And half the, half the school was like, well, Oregon Tech's going to get it handed to them. They're going to go back into oblivion. <laughs> the other half of people are like, well, I think these guys are for real. And Danny Miles Court, which is a big place to start with, yeah. uh, holds about 22, 2,300 people, was packed. Sheesh. I mean, shoehorned. I was down at the one end where it's open under the baskets, and oh, there yeah. was hundreds and hundreds of people standing. I don't know how many people were in there, but it was sweltering hot. <laughs> Went into overtime. The place was just fanatical, and Oregon Tech won that or overtime game. And I always say that's the day that Hustlin' Owl basketball was born. And then a couple of years ago, we had an alumni event oh, yeah. celebrating Oregon Tech basketball in Portland. And one of the guys who came was a guy named Phil Shear, and he was on that team. He, he and Dave Kerrigan were kind of like the co-captains of that team. And he, he stood up and he spoke to the current players and the families and the current boosters in the Portland area. And he related that story of being in that huddle mm. in that game. And he says it was sweltering hot, <laughs> and we couldn't hear a word Danny was saying. And he goes, we, we figured, well, we must be okay because if we can't hear our coach, they can't hear their coach, mm -hmm. and this is our gym. Yeah. And it was nice to hear him relate that, that same story that I had held so close, you mm -hmm. know, as the, the kind of the beginning of Oregon Tech, the hustling, the, I call it the beginning of hustling out basketball, which is what we all know today. Okay. So did you play basketball as a kid? As a Yeah, very poorly. <laughs> oh, okay. That's my friend over here. Uh, okay. So were no, you guys teammates back then? No, well, we were, but we played, trust me, nothing like you. But we played all the time. Yeah. Outside I mean, on blacktop. It was blacktop. It was up at the school, uh, church league. Out at, uh, we were renting gyms every night. I mean, we played all the time. Everywhere. Yeah. Just wasn't yeah. good, but I loved the game. Mm -hmm. And I love that because almost every athlete that I talk to or have talked to, they never had trainers. And for me, I never had a trainer. It was always, you know, my dad go get my rebounds or always playing with friends outside. I just, you know, I think that's where you fit in. I think that's where, in a way, that's where you find basketball. That's where the most fun basketball is, you know, like not at a trainer during cones. It's when you're playing open gyms at a church league with people, with family. So, yeah. So how long have you guys known each other? Uh, well, first, he's my buddy's older than me. He's 35 days older. I want the whole world to know that. <laughs> uh, we, our parents were best friends. Okay. And he's, like I say, he's 35 days older than me, next door neighbors. So 66 years. Damn. And you guys are still here. Yeah. Still I, here at the tournament. We fight like old ladies, but yeah. other than that. <laughs> yeah. Because I would have thought you guys were brothers the way you guys are talking to each other. I was like, I was a brother from another mother, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what was, what was those things like, like you guys playing one-on-one? -on -one? Who won? Oh, I, I I was always small guy. I okay. was always like, look at me now. But I was always the small guy. I always got. Yeah. I always lost. I was the guy. You know, you you knew these guys growing up. I was always the guy that was too small, too slow, uh, okay. and would pout and act like I should have won. Now uh, it's me. <laughs> you were crying on the sideline. Yeah. Uh. But I no, I seriously, I loved the game. I was yep. hyper competitive, way too competitive for my own good. Uh, but it it did drive me because. 
uh, like when I was uh, 14, 15, 16, right in that, that age, I wanted to play as much basketball as I could. And I found that the only way that I could play competitively, even at the church league or pickups and mm-hmm. where guys go, hey, I'll take you on my team, is if I went up to the, to the school, I uh, shot and shot and shot. Mm-hmm. I'd stand in front of the brick wall and just make passes to myself behind the back one way, all the kinds of yeah. things that now I find out are drills. It was <laughs> yeah. just stuff that I would go up to the yeah. school and do. I would dribble down to one end behind my back one way and then through my legs the other way, not because I would ever do that, because trust mm-hmm. me, I wasn't talented enough to do that yeah. in the game. i get the ball stolen, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to be able to handle the ball as well as I could. And I did all the stuff that, again, now I know their drills. I would just pick a spot, shoot and shoot and shoot, or mm-hmm. I would go around the around the, the horn and shoot. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I got to the point where I could at least compete, but I had to work that hard at it. Yeah, you felt like you were a step behind everybody else. I was slow and I was small. Mm. Yeah, that's a yeah. step behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My dad told me once that if I ran through the shower, I'd drown. Oh, I would have been, been insulted, but yeah, it was the truth. On, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, that's funny that you say that because nowadays kids have technology. They have social media to just do those drills that you guys had to kind of come up with and be like, this works. Or, you know, you're finding success in. Yeah. So I think that's just special. And then uh, you mentioned one-on-one. There was a ton of one-on-one. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, or two-on-two, but most of it was one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And we'd play, and then, of course, horse, endless, yeah. endless games of yeah. horse. One more game, one more game. Yeah. yeah. It's always, we still play horse to this day, and it's, we'll play, be playing it at, you know, at halftime when they let you shoot. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be playing horse sometimes, like, okay, I'll, I'll hit the next one, you got to hit it too. Just fun games like that to just keep the game going, because I feel like so many athletes nowadays are kind of pushing, like, the game to make it more serious, and, you know, it's like how we started to get here open gyms and i think the point that i'm making is a lot of this stuff that i'm talking about i did because i wanted to play but i i i went up to the school by myself and i was fun yeah and then i like i say, i found out now oh this is stuff that's drills when yeah. oh, i was just up there playing ball yeah. i was just in your own world creating your own drills exactly yeah. yeah yeah it's where basketball is that's the most funnest like if i could go back one day and be like what's the most fun i had it's my dad getting my rebounds or playing with friends that i don't get to play with anymore so I just think that's so special that you're even talking about that. Like, you know, like j- different generations go up and go through the same thing. Yeah. So um, talking about the NAA national tournament, how was, what has been your favorite experience uh, thus far or like your favorite moment during this uh, national tournament this year? Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, the, the William Penn overtime game was really good. Uh, actually, I, I enjoyed the game I enjoyed the most was last night uh, Indiana Tech and Arizona Christian. Oh, yeah. I don't think I interviewed uh, Grant Smith and uh, Blake Davison today. I don't think anybody got more than a three-point lead. I'd have to go back to the play-by-play mm-hmm. and look. But it was, it, was, it was one of those games, and then I couldn't decide, and I'm not saying this is negative towards either team, mm-hmm. but I couldn't decide if nobody wanted to win it or nobody wanted to lose it. Yeah. It would seem like somebody would gain an advantage, and then they'd give it right back, and then the other team would take it. Exactly. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a real seesaw. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I've also, uh, this is the first time that I've really seen Georgetown and get to know some of those guys, mm. so I've really enjoyed that Jake Omer, the show he put on yeah. the other night. I mean, I don't care who you are. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. I mean, this yeah. guy just took the game over and he had that look in his face like, give me the ball, I'm gonna make another one. Yeah. You know, just that it's, I love that. That's the, the, the you talent just took over. The talent of the national tournament right now is 
like just beyond of what it was years ago. You know, you see the old film and like now it's like people are competing for the red banner. Yeah. So I think it's just special. But back to the ACU game, we got there uh, late from dinner. Uh, I think I got there eight minutes left to go. And man, that was a, it was like kept going back and forth. I think number 20 from Indiana Tech hit the, they bobbled the rebound and he hit the mid-range shot to give him up one, I think. And just, they just rolled through. I think he hit a three right after. Yeah, I, I it was, honestly, I don't, I'd have to have yeah. a play-by-play in yeah, front of me, but yeah. it was, it was big shot after big shot mm-hmm. after big shot. Indiana Tech got a stop with about a minute to go. They were already up by four. They got a stop. Arizona Christian uh, threw the ball away. I, I thought that was the key to the game. Uh, but then down at the other end, um, Indiana Tech uh, had an opportunity to just put it away and, and couldn't yeah. put it away. I mean, it, it, was, it was a war. Yeah, it was a good bout. Like the, the eight minutes I was there, I was like, this is a good game because yeah. anyone could just win it right away. Both those teams are, are uh, really experienced yeah. and really, really well coached. Yeah. And so yeah. it, it was a shame either team had to lose, really. Yeah, yeah. So how did you think about the last shot of uh, ACU? Did you like, like, you know, like, how did yeah, you think? <laughs> it was. Because um, I was, was kind of sitting there like, come on, make, like, yeah, you know, there next, was, there was and, no, yeah. they never really had a, they never really had a, they didn't run it. I mean, they didn't. Yeah. I don't know if uh, the, I, I turned to my friend and I said, all that and it ended like that. Mm-hmm. It something had to have broke down. I mean, that's those yeah. guys were all way too good. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't just they they didn't have a plan. I mean, they they must have been, had something planned that broke down because they were left taking a desperation three. And uh, I mean, as you know, it wasn't even close. But yeah, uh, yeah, I was really surprised they didn't yeah. get it. some kind of a good look. That yeah. team, that well coached. Yeah, I expected them to come mm-hmm. in and do a back cut or something. And, yeah, just a, to take the game away, and yeah. it just. I was just watching. It felt like slow motion when uh, I think it was Angelo that was dribbling. It. Yes, it was. It felt felt like so much slow motion of like, is he gonna shoot it? Like I'm just waiting, and then you know, time goes by and it's misses. And the then buzzer I, went off and it surprised me. Yeah, wow, what is? Yeah, it's over. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the crowds were in it. I loved it. That yeah. was a good atmosphere. It was a good yeah. atmosphere. I thought the I think the crowds this week have been really good. Really good. I think uh, I you know. The uh, Ottawa, mm-hmm. the O-U-A-Z. Yeah. Uh, um, Alex Billy made sure I understand. Yeah. I apologize to all the Ottawa, Arizona, O-U-A-Z <laughs> fans because I always say Ottawa, Arizona. Mm-hmm. But uh, OU, the O-U-A-Z fans that are uh, here in Kansas City have been amazing. The College of Idaho fans. Yeah. Uh, they're, they they really travel really well. The yes, Jamestown fans who were out for the game, they, you know, they were just here for the one game. They were really good. Uh, all the fans are good. It's just some of them, but you got to give props to the College of Idaho filling yes. up two sections yeah. all the way from Idaho. Yeah. I mean, they have the whole the whole side of the the whole sideline yeah. just filled with people, and they have flags. Uh, do they have no, flags? No, the flags was Jamestown. Jamestown. Okay, yeah. that was uh, yesterday before Tuesday. Yeah, I'm Tuesday. forgetting all my days with this tournament. Man, you're getting old, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm only 22. But uh, Jamestown, they travel with those 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 fans. I mean, yeah. they take those flags everywhere because <laughs> yeah. they were pounding on the on the the stairs, and I'm like, what is going on? Like that's scary. Like a defense chant uh, equal to that. I'm taking the flags every day. Yeah, and exactly. Then College of Idaho, we played them early in a tournament at ACU, uh, beginning of the year. I think it was like our second game, and uh, College of Idaho fans were there, and I was like. 
this is just like a regular game, you know, no postseason, nothing. And they all came, like the parents and stuff. I was like, this is exciting because they yeah. travel. Yeah, and they travel really well. Yeah, like the bar area is full with, if we go up there right now, College of Idaho is probably at the bar right yeah. now. Like, it's just cool seeing the atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. So I know you've been starting a podcast and, or not started, but you know, it's been, it's been transitioning the Cascade Hoops talk. Um, how has that helped you through the NAIA and like what challenge are you facing through this podcast right now and how are you kind of like tackling it? Well, the, the, okay. The biggest challenge I have is I'm an older guy and I'm not really a technology guy. Mm. Okay. So that's one. And then the other thing is there's so many teams. I started it when there were still the two divisions Mm. and I said, okay, I'm going to focus on division two. Good. That's where Oregon tech is in the cascade conference. And I had a daily newspaper that I put out for all division two. And um, it was very, very manageable. I thought I had a really good handle on it. And since it's grown to both divisions, it's, yeah. it's just overwhelming. So I almost always am traveling on Saturday. And then, you know, by the time we get back to the hotel room, it's 10, 1030 at night. Yeah. And there's like 90 games and you're trying to sort through them. What, okay, what do I need to tweet about? You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that gets, that's just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to figure, okay, this game is significant. Well, this game is pretty significant. Well, this is a big game for them because now they've moved up a spot in conference. Yeah. And honestly, it just gets overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like it. That's why if, if you listen to my podcast, you notice that this year, instead of focusing on the, the top 25, which everybody is interested in, I really the second half of the the season I tried to focus on the conferences because yeah. that's where the races are. Okay, there's 22 conferences I can focus on that, and there's a few conferences that the most people will listen for. Right? People will. There's a lot of fans for GSAC. There's a lot of fans in the GPAC. There's a lot of fans in the Crossroads, and just being quite honest, some of the other conferences I don't get as many listeners. There's just not the fan base. Yeah. So I try to concentrate where the biggest fan base is and what means the most. And if you really follow NAI, yeah, the top 25 is nice, but uh, where you're going to end up is going to be driven by your conference. Mm. So what has been like the most exciting part through the podcast? Oh, just getting to meet people. Mm. I mean, meet you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, coaches. And co- I, I, I know almost every coach in the country, which if you told me like five years ago that I would know 10 coaches, I wouldn't have yeah. believed you. Uh, I've gotten to know uh, so many players and, um, that is really cool. But here's the, here's the cool part. It's one thing to say, Oh, I got to meet this player and mm-hmm. get to know them. What I have found is that NAI athletes are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you watch them and you can you know, because guys on the court are different off the court, right? Yeah. It's just reality. The adrenaline's running, you're competing and you sit down and you interview them and you get to know them. You find out, you know, it's a really nice guy, you know. Yeah. I'll give you a good example. A guy named uh, Ty Hoagland, he played at uh, Dakota Wesleyan. You know, first time I saw him play, I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan. You know, he, he'd make a three, it'd be the big celebration. Yeah. I'm not a big celebration guy. Mm. And I wasn't real sure about him. And uh, I was interviewing him at the end of the, I think his junior season, and they had gotten beaten at the Division Two. Kyle Mangus, a guy that everybody in any high yeah. basketball knows who Kyle Mangus is hit a three to beat him basically at the buzzer back in Sioux Falls. And uh, so I asked Ty about that. I said, Ty, you, you know, you made that big shot. You had the crowd going wild. 
Mangus comes down and buries that three. And uh, Ty Hoagland goes, that was a big boy shot. Wasn't that great? (laughs) And at that moment, I realized he just loves the game. Yeah. He just loves the game. Mm -hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, I completely misread him by watching him just on the court. Uh, so that's just one example, right? Of mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting to know people and that understanding their different personality off the court than on the court. Is there another exciting story through the podcast that you've kind of taken, or you kind of reconcile and be like, "That I just love that moment," and that almost like it keeps you going on your podcast. Uh, I think. There's a couple. I'll just share a couple. And I know mm-hmm. I get I teased you about this. I said yeah, no, I never no, yeah. shut up. No, yeah, keep but, talking. Uh, at the I end like uh, last year, I did I did the Kansas City coverage different because I'm not a millionaire. I came out for the first three days when it was, and then it would uh, see they how did they do that? They wrapped up on Sunday was the off day, mm-hmm. and I flew home on Sunday because I, I couldn't really justify not not missing another week at home. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, this week with it all being one week was a lot easier. Anyway, that putting that aside. So I was home when Loyola won, and I had met Miles Burns and the guys yeah. at Loyola. They won it last they year. They won right? it. Yep. And so the game ends, and I get a text about, uh, I don't want to exaggerate, but it wasn't more than 15 minutes after the game, yeah. and it was Miles Burns. Mm. And uh, I couldn't believe it, and I got him on like right away. And I recorded the interview, which I thought, that was amazing that I got yeah. that. And then my phone lit up, and it was Zach Reitzel, Player of the Year. Yeah, I want to be on B- Billy D. Yeah, <laughs> Billy well, D's casting. Well, I think we can do that. <laughs> and so here I am at eleven thirty p.m. Yeah, and these guys are you know still Getting celebrating, on. and I get to interview them, and that was really really exciting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, there there was a another getting to. Uh, a conversation that was an exciting moment. Yeah. But two things. One is one in particular that I, in an interview with uh, Kyle Mangus, he said to me one time. He talked about uh, res- respect everyone. Oh no, fe- fear no one, respect everyone. Mm. I, he says it way better than me. Yeah. But that was something that I really, really learned. And when I when I watch athletes, I try to remember that. I mean, if that's a if that's kind of a, a life lesson mm. that all athletes athletes could take, uh, because and I hate to sound like the old man, but yeah. I think, you know, we always, the the game was always rough and tumble. I mean, I'm not saying, and but there's guardrails. And I think, I think disrespecting opponents is, yeah. has become a little bit too common. It's, I mean, you win, you win, be proud. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Kyle Mangus was getting to know him and the way he conducted himself. And he always won with such grace and, and hear him talk about that. It was not really an exciting like raw Rome moment, but yeah. it was. It's. I think it's a lesson that really hit home for me. Mm, the little moments, yeah, in a way. yeah. So speaking on um, like disrespecting opponents and all that, um, this tournament, like having everyone in a hotel, has been like yeah. nice because you get to. You know, I'm not talking to the players, but it's just like you know, a fist bump goes a long way. A half five, or uh, I was. I'm gonna shout him out. Who's the big on ACU? He comes off the bench, 42. Uh, ah, I forgot his name. We do the scout, so forgot his name. Um, but I'm going to my room. We just got done with film because we're advancing, and it was last night, and they're not advancing. 
So I literally get to my room. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get my wallet, get the key, and I see ACU player. So that's our rival. So I'm kind of like, oh, this guy could beat me up, you know, like just jokingly. And I'm putting my key in. He says, good luck uh, next game for uh, for the Yotes. And right. I'm like, man, like he doesn't have to say that. And, you know, like if I was in his shoes, I'd be like, oh, man, they're still in the tournament, you know. But he has awareness, and I think he's a senior. So he has the awareness, and it's bigger than basketball is what I'm saying, like trying yeah. to get to. And I just – you know, I, I took that moment. I remember calling my dad after. I was like, man, he, like, that's a that's a true, not a man, but a guy who loves the game. And, oh, I, yeah. And yeah. you saw that same, you know, I'm going to call it a couple of things. You saw that same thing after the College of Idaho game. They with prayed. With Tugaloo right out in the center yep. of the court. And I thought it was a really good moment. Yeah. I mean, because it's all, it's bigger than basketball, right? This basketball thing is perishable. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good you are. I mean, unless you're that one out of a million. Yeah. You know, 22, 23, 24, basketball kind of ends, right? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, what kind of person are you? What kind of man are you? Uh, is way going to be way more important than how good your jump shot is. Yeah. Uh, and so I thought, and I saw that. And then the other thing I've noticed in this tournament, I've, I've made a mental note of it. Everybody helps everybody up. Yeah. And there's none of this, and you see it in conference play a lot. Somebody will put their hand down. They'll put, like, no, you're not going <laughs> to. But here, everybody's like, yeah. there's a lot of mutual respect, respect. here. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Um, we just did the event today. Um, I think I was talking to you about it, but it was the Special Needs Olympics. Right. And I just think that was so special because it was the four Final Four teams. You know, everyone has an off day today. And, you know, all the coaches decided, let's, let's all go support this. Let's go support the basketball clinic. And it was a good event because we were, all came together. Like, we were next to College of Idaho, who were playing tomorrow. And uh, who's the other side? Uh, Georgetown and Indiana and Tech. Indiana Tech. And they're like talking. We're all talking together. There was a magic show. And, you know, we're all laughing. Like we're all sitting in one group. And I just, you wouldn't see that in the NCAA, you know, first of all, going to a clinic on a day off. And then secondly, sitting together, you know, being friends and just, you know, we're all taking, I feel like everyone's just taking the moment in because you're not this could be once in a lifetime, yeah. you know, run or Cinderella run, playoff run. So I just think that's special. And you'll probably find, uh, obviously, you're, the guys you play with are going to be lifelong friends. Yeah. But the, pl- the guys you play against, like yeah. especially your GSAC rivals, I mm-hmm. mean, those are guys you'll run into like 10 years down the road. And you'll go, oh, I, that, that, guy, that guy played it, Jessup, or that guy played it. I mean, yeah. in, in the, a lot of, me, you know. Mutual mutual respect, mm-hmm. or I don't know if that's the right word, but that'll be lifelong. Yeah. And then you know, soon, when somebody find out found out you play at OUAZ, that'll be yeah. a part of your personality, and they go, "Oh, you know, so and so. Do you know so and so who played at Westmont?" Or, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be a piece of you, even after you leave. And, yeah. And like, and you'll you a piece of you will always stay at OUAZ. And that's what it is. It's and that's kind of the perpetual, and that's what grows these. Everybody talks culture, right? Culture is yeah. an easy word to say, yeah, but it's hard to do, hard to grow. And it's, yep. yep, it's 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 alumni, it's fans that have been around, and it's right. This the word culture means this is how we do things, right? Mm-hmm. This is how we do things, and uh, you know you can that. There's there's all kinds of ways. I don't want to say it the wrong way, but there's just yeah. all kinds of ways, and we know the, what we're talking about. That the stuff we don't want to see. Yeah. And then there's teams that even if they lose, you go, hey, that's a that's a really good team. Mm-hmm. 
right? And you can grow that culture. And when something steps out of line, there's a whole bunch of people from alumni to fans that say, I mean, that's not the way we do things here. Yeah. That's not what we, that's not what we do. Yeah. And I think with our group, the first couple of years, you know, Keely was trying to, I think it's our fifth year of Ottawa. We're very young. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is my fourth year. My first year, I was like, we couldn't make the tournament because you're not eligible to. Right. Because you have to be two years. The whole, you know, the whole dilemma. And so, but just seeing that, like, we weren't winning games. Coach Keely's preaching, play fast. And we're like, you know, like, you know, get out of here with that. You know, not like that, but just the seniors we had, the people we had, it just felt like, it was gelling, and I was like, I need to stay. So now looking into the future, what we have now, it's it's kind of crazy to see just, like, how developed it's been. And, you know, like, Keeley's finally – he deserves it in a way. Yeah. He deserves it. All the coaches deserved it. And then back to what you were saying about the alumni, like, just looking in the crowd, you know, starting a defensive chant, and it's Coach Keeley's family, Coach Keeley's teammates, his old college – like you were saying, lifelong friends are just cheering him on. I'm like, man, we're part of something bigger, and – you know, if we keep on this run, then, you know, Keeley's going to hold, we're going to hold a special right. place in Keeley's heart forever. You so. see, you see a lot of that at Jessup where the alumni yeah. guys will, the, the recent alumni will sit right down on front yeah. and they'll go, Miles, come here, or, you know, yeah. they'll talk to them. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, at every school it's different, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's important to the alumni because as OUAZ goes, your reputation goes. Yep. Do, you, do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So if OE, OUAZ as a school and a basketball program, athletic program soars over the next 10 years, you say, oh, I played a OUAZ. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, like, no, you didn't. I'm, yeah, you <laughs> have a lot. You have a lot invested beyond getting the degree. I mean, yep. you have a lot invested in that school continuing to succeed. Yeah. That's why it's so important to uh, student athletes really need to consider when they leave, I know there's a big transactional thing with going to college now mm-hmm. where, you know, I give you my, this big pile of money and then I leave. But student athletes have that opportunity for one reason. There's a whole bunch of people that donate time and money yeah. to make sure that those programs survive. And, and athletes, as they leave and then they have life success, thanks to that, need to come back and give back in any way they can. Mm-hmm. And that uh, I don't see enough of that, but that yeah. needs to happen more. Yeah. Um, I actually just realized that because it never dawned on me that like Coach Keeley has to make the flight some nights or our assistant coaches, our ADs, you know, they have to email of our teachers. And it just like dawned on me kind of my senior year, like there's so much that goes into it just behind the 40 minute game that people see. And I think it's just special. Yeah. And giving back, I actually just recently, um, I haven't been offered it yet, but it's going to happen of being our uh, the strength coach for Ottawa, oh. like a, a GA spot. So the yeah. graduate assistant. So yeah, like, cause I love the school. I love that Keely, you know, kept me for four years and, you know, just like my way of giving back is, you know, I can get my master's for free while pursuing a career that. Oh, that's I amazing, Zach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, hope, I, I hope that comes, comes through. It sounds yeah. like it's a pretty sure deal. Huh? It, yeah. It's a pretty sure deal. It's just like the whole tournament, you know, I have to go intern out. It's pretty much, Sure, but like it's just special because I thought I could come here, play basketball, play this, and then you know God has different ways to put in your life, and that was a curveball. I was like, you know what, I kind of like this field, and I enjoyed the weight room. So, what are you majoring in? Exercise science. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I I love learning about the body and how the body moves. I love learning about sports psychology too. Kind of why I started this podcast just to. I love hearing people talk. I love that your stories can now, like, we connect to each other 
stories, you know, because that's what keeps people going is stories. And there's a there's a huge amount of winning basketball teams that's mental. Yep. Because if you look across the country, I mean, there are, I mean, obviously CJ. I'm not going to start start naming them all. But yeah. There's amazing athletes across the country. My mm-hmm. Mason Walters. Uh, uh, um, um, Riley Minix, mm-hmm. on and on and on. There's some amazing athletes. But if you look across whatever there is, 250 teams, whatever the number is, the level of talent from bottom, well, it, I'm not going to say but from maybe the top, the, the first hundred. Yeah. It's, it, it's, I don't think it's that much different. But mm-hmm. the, the mental toughness, the culture, yep. the, the will to win, I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And, the teams that really, I'll give you a good example because I, I see them all the time. It's College of Idaho. I look at them man for man for man for man for man. What do they have that other people don't have? Okay, I mean, they're skilled basketball players. I mean, yep. I mean I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah. But most, they just play together. They play really, really, really hard. Yep. And when they step on the court, they think they're going to win. Mm-hmm. And I know you play them tomorrow, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it, a lot of the game is mental, is yeah. what I'm saying. A lot of athletics is mental. Mm-hmm. Just that we are going to win. We yeah. are better than you. Yeah, and these are my teammates, and we're going to go to war. And, and uh, that if teams and coaches that can uh, saddle that mental piece of the game are leg up. Yeah, and uh, that's funny that you said that because the coach that we hired, um, Coach Brett. I think you've talked to him before. Okay, yeah. I think you might have. Coach Brett is the taller assistant coach, and then there's Coach Brew, who's the okay. alumni. I know who you're talking about, yeah. So Coach Brett actually, because Coach Hepker was still our assistant coach, so they hired Coach Brett to be our mental, um, basically like our mental training athletes, to, to just be like you're better than, you're bigger than basketball, and that's not your identity because, like you said, basketball ends at 22, 23, so then what you're going to do after is what your purpose, you know, it can only go so far. And some people make pros, some people don't. So he got hired. So when Coach Hepker left, we kind of had an open spot for Coach Brett. Right. So I just think it was special. Like what you're saying right now, it, right on. Like I think teams need that that mental aspect of the game to just that could win that could win you a game. Is just being together, you know, in a timeout, down one. Can you be together as a team, or are you going to dwell in what just happened in the past? just think that's so special because we hired coach Brett yeah. and he's done amazing things with our team and just you know just teaching us that's that's life we lose that's life if you exactly. win that's, that's all there is and that's important for you guys at that level and I th- I, I believe you're right mm-hmm. I'd like to see that get pushed down just a little bit more yeah, to middle because, high school uh, you know guys come out of high school now and they like oh you know I they have really super high expectations. Yes. Let's put it that way. Very high. And uh, and then, which is fine, and the coaches have to deal with that. But where I worry about them is when it, I, I worry about guys when they either get injured mm. or when basketball just suddenly ends. Yeah. And if they've devoted their entire life and their whole being, I've seen it. Yep. And then, and then all of a sudden a basketball is gone. Or they blow out a knee, basketball is gone. Uh, it's it's a dangerous time for a person. Yes, very young. And I think if you go back into what we're doing, uh, and I don't want to call it AU, it's, it's just with everything with the yeah. youth sports. 
were just pumping these kids up so much. Like in sixth, seventh grade, I went to the Les Schwab Invitational this season, and uh, my friend is with me, and he's going, he's a he's a blue chipper. He's a he's a sophomore, you yeah. know. And these are kids they they got these guys sitting in the front row down at the Les Schwab, and and I don't know who they are, but these people are working with people to get them yeah. into schools, and these are like ninth graders and tenth graders, and I'm just thinking, man, they, let these guys be kids. Mm-hmm. And they're just the pumping full of all this stuff about you're the next latest and greatest. Well, what happens if a shoulder goes out? What happens if they blow yeah. a knee and you've told them that they're they're nothing but basketball players? Yeah. Uh, I, I know I'm getting on my soapbox, yeah. but no, I worry yeah, about yeah. that. And if I, if I know a young man who got injured, I always reach out to him because I always make sure that they know that they as a person are far more important to me than they as a basketball player. Yeah, and we right need on. we need to make sure everybody knows that more. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's so special because kids these days, you're right, like so much high expectations, you know, getting to college. And then, like you said, it's like burnout. You don't want to get burnout with the sport that you're only going to be with for 20, 22 years. So, yeah, because for me, I had high expectations. I was like, oh, I'm going to play. You know, I saw I saw Ottawa as like a lower team. I was like the NAIA, yeah, yeah. And then when I got here to the first open gym, I was like starstruck. Like, oh, there's some athletes in the NAIA. I can't imagine NCAA. So I had to change that transition that I'm bigger than basketball. Can I be a good teammate? Can I lift people up when they're having a bad day? You know, a season's long. 30 games, people think that's that's short, but it's a long season. And, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs, and we've had many and can someone in that locker room be the one to pick him up? Because I don't think a, I don't think a coach should always be doing that. Yeah. The coach is there to, you know, our coach is fortunate enough to know each person individually. On a lot of teams, the the guy who plays two minutes a game yeah. is the most important guy because yep. he's the best teammate, and yeah. you know, uh, because of those just those things you mentioned. Yeah, and it's it's just special because I see it through college. Like all the Final Four teams have those like three dudes who are constantly giving half fives, constantly being like, you're good, keep your head up, talking to them in huddles. Like that's the winning teams, I think. That's what separates. Mm-hmm. Can you have a good bench? Can you have a bench, the next bench? And yeah, it's like I said, a long season. You need those type of people. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I, I think we should, like with our podcast, it just – you know, like seeing your podcast, there might be an eighth grader, a freshman, seeing someone like Joe or Minix on it and being like, that's that's who I want to be, you know, because the NI level is starting to become very big and yeah. very fast. And I think you're starting the jump on it with Cascade Hoops Talk and, you know, seeing that kind of stuff because I like what you're putting out. I like, you know, it's it's special. And You, you talked about going to OUAZ and you thought, oh, it's NAI, small school. Yeah. You don't know how many guys I've talked to who were like, like, like bubble athletes, right? Guys mm-hmm. who were recruited at a little yeah. bit of D1, some D2, and they end yeah. up going to an NAI school. And they're thinking, oh, I'm just going to go tear them up. Yeah. And then they'll go, and I'm like, oh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it it's was, different over here. Yeah, I found out that yeah. I had to go to school, man. Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm not going to drop names, but I mean, we're, we're talking <laughs> some really good players. Yeah. That just mm-hmm. – NAI basketball is really good. And, uh, yeah. Young men – I, I try to get a, I try to uh, push and try to get as many uh, Portland uh, high school players down Onto like the... when uh, when Oregon Tech plays Corbin that's mainly the mainly the game it's an easy yeah. one for them to get to because they need to see it's a packed gym a lot of yeah. excitement and there's like you know 
big, strong guys yeah. playing this game really, really fast. Yeah, and it's it, it's crazy because yeah. uh, coming out of high school, because I had the offer, and I was telling my friends who were on the basketball team, I was like, yeah, an NAIA. And saying that at the lunch table, they were like, NAIA, like, what's that? And now, you know, them seeing, like, me reposting everything, like, there's crowds. Like, you know, it's just so special to see NAIA grow in just four years, two years. So, yeah, it's it's special. NAIA is it's up there. And you, uh, you've seen it. There's some NAIA teams that beat D1s. Uh, we did last year uh, against Denver. And I think, I want to say ACU beat one. I don't know. Yeah. But see, it's always those little games. I'm, a, I'm an old guy. Now, you've tested my memory twice. So oh, okay. Far. And it's, let's <laughs> yeah. don't mention, yeah. it's uh, like yeah, 3.30 it's like, in the morning. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's not 3.30. It is it is 10. That Yeah, that is my fault. That is No, funny. no, no. no I'm, yeah. I'm joking. Yeah. Because I, that, yeah, that's another thing. But is, yeah, I'll tell you what, like a lot of Crossroads teams, you notice no D1s will play them? Nope. Yeah. They won't. They won't because they know they exactly yeah so uh, yeah it's I mean D1 ball is always going to be better right because the mm-hmm. best they you know yeah. they they're getting the great great big guys yeah. and they got the six seven point guards and, they got meal plans they got yeah. endorsements they got but everything you could dream but of. the 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 gap is really shrunk yep it's yeah yeah it has and it's. Uh, when you get to this level, it's kind of like you're so close, but then you're so far. Like playing those guys, you know, the first 10 minutes, it's a close game. Exactly. And then you see their weight room kick in and be like, okay, they're stronger. You just see that difference right away. And, yeah, like we played NAU, and it was close for like the first five minutes, and then they just blew away. And it was like, ah, like we almost, you know. And Denver was a Denver was a great atmosphere because uh, they had a hockey game and they're known as they're known as a hockey school. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, they were having malfunctions or it was halftime, and they told all their uh, fans to come to our game. So like the last three minutes of the basketball game, it was filled because all the hockey players. Oh, and wow. I was like, it was starched because we won by one and we we ran out with a free throw and. Yeah, we ran straight to the locker room because we didn't want any problems with anyone. <laughs> so just like those memories are yeah. what you're going to keep forever. And, yeah, it's special. So next question. Um, we kind of joke around with the OUAZ Barstool account. Do you kind of want to uh, talk to uh, – Oh, talk is there – does Twitter have an OUAZ Barstool account? I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're messing. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to ask you because, like, what's the funniest thing that you've seen them post so far? Because it's funny that they interact with you. Yeah. Because, you know, like that helps you out. Well, the, the backstory <laughs> is I kind of stepped in it. I, You know, I really try not to be too controversial because I honestly yeah. do love a game. And I was talking to – after the GSAC tournament, not this year, but last I year, that ended on the J- Josiah made another big shot in that yeah. one. And I thought it was – I think they called a foul. Or anyway, and I said, man, I don't think – I told, told Coach Von Vogt, I really didn't like that call. I thought you guys won that game, which that was my opinion. Yeah. That was just my opinion. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I just thought I, I just thought it passed. And uh, this particular tw- Twitter <laughs> yeah, account, next thing you which know. <laughs> is quite entertaining, actually, yeah, uh, just lit me up. <laughs> and I did what I typically try to do with Twitter accounts that try to light me up. Is I, I, I laid off because I knew they were just they was it was it was a lot of fun somebody was having. So I let it go. And then the funniest part was a uh, months later. <laughs> 
I got a mention. I go, what's this? OUAZ Barstool. Yes, Cascade Hoops Talk. Last week was my birthday, and no, you weren't invited. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. And I told, I uh, I interviewed uh, Coach Keeley not too long after that yeah. that incident. And uh, I love a spirited fan. I mean, if you, you'd have to go to a basketball game with me to understand yeah. that. I mean, I am loud. Mm. I am, I am. You're letting them know. I am, uh, I'm a loud fan. And so I I can really appreciate a spirited fan and a fan who wants to stick up for their program. So the OUAZ Barstool, it did not offend me a bit. I think that's cool how you stood up for your school. I did have my opinion, and you had your you had that opinion of that play. But the fact that you stood up for your team, I thought I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And the joke about. Uh, the joke about uh, not inviting me to your birthday party, that was pretty funny. And then I did a tweet a few le- weeks later about, oh, it was when uh, Josiah hit the game winner against Baker. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the uh, OUAZ Twitter said, thou shalt not speak his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which I thought was yeah. And I almost, I, almost, I almost responded to that one because I had some funny ones in my head. But uh, <laughs> Did you? Hey, I, I didn't. I ain't repeating them here. Uh, okay. But yeah, I'll tell you. Cancel. <laughs> uh, they... Whoever it is, they're really spirited, and they obviously uh, care a lot for a- athletics at OUAZ, yeah. and they add something to the atmosphere. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's been funny because I think it started during the GSEC tournament last year, and I don't, I don't know what happened, but you know, every team that we were beating, we were just rolling through teams, and they just kept responding, and they love Coach Keeley. Like Coach Keeley is in almost every tweet with them. And like you said, it's just so special that someone, someone that we don't know is doing that for, <laughs> it could be a parent. I mean, it could be yeah. anyone. So it's just special that someone is doing that for But the it's kind of cool actually for OUAZ because you, uh, you've got to, you've got to create a buzz. And I don't, anybody who follows my podcast and follows my stuff, I, I'm always a little bit bigger. Well, I'm a big guy, but I always <laughs> am a little bigger than I need to be mm-hmm. because I mean, there's so much, blah, 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 you know, yeah. blah, 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 blah. and to get somebody's, you know, Attention. you got, you need, you need to have some fun. Yeah. You need to have some fun. And, and it gives a, almost a, a level of mythology to what's going on. Yeah. Because I'll say it again. I said it to coach Keeley twice. I, I am just floored what you guys have been able to do down there with that school. I mean, I think it's a movie. You go out in the middle of the desert, you build this school, what is it, five years later, five you're years. in the final four? I mean, that's... Insane. It is. Yep. It's crazy. And then just having that that Twitter account that kind of adds a mystique to it, yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, it is special. So I guess this is our last question, and I just wanted to ask you, what's one thing that you want to talk about, or not so like get off your chest, but something that you want to tell... Uh, the audience, and then um, just something that the audience can learn from you? Uh, well, there's nothing they can learn from me. I can oh. tell you that. <laughs> you know, the only thing I would say is uh, a lot of people come up to me and tell me how much they appreciate what I do. And that really means a lot to me because yeah. I, you know, this is just a labor of love for me. I'm not that good at it. Some things I'm good at, some things I'm not so good at. Sometimes I, I uh, takes a few days in between a podcast to get out. People are probably wondering where I'm at. I do as much as I can, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, 
I truly, honestly do love NAI basketball, and I love when people come up and tell me that they enjoy what I do because that kind of keeps me going because, yeah. it, um, as you know, with a podcast, you almost feel like you're operating in a in a little bit of a vacuum. Yeah. And you're doing all this work, and I have to prepare all these interviews. I have to schedule the interview. I do the interview. I have to edit the interview. I have to get the interview out. And then you want, you know, you look at the numbers and stuff, and you wonder, oh, does anybody really even care? Yeah. And then I get to Kansas City, and people come up and go, hey, Billy D, love what you do. That just, it's like, yeah, it is worth it. It, it really is worth yeah. it, especially when I hear it from players. Yeah. Uh, because that's what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. I want to give a platform to as many players as I possibly can because I do believe NAI basketball is something special. Yeah, and I just love what you said because, like, for me, getting, like, a DM or something being like, oh, that was a great um, snippet of the video or just hearing those kind words from someone who's taking time out of their day to give you a compliment, I'm just like, okay, there is something to keep going with the podcast. Exactly. And I'm hoping this podcast, you know, gives you more audience and then as well vice versa for me. And, you know, it's just special because podcast is – there's probably someone watching and then you just, all you need is one repost, one like, one retweet, and it just goes from there. Yeah. And I know you can relate to that because social media is a yeah, crazy Yeah, it's hard place. to figure out. I'll do a, I'll, I'll do a, an interview and it, it just is like, boom, it'll just sit there. And then I'll do another one two days later and boom, it'll, it'll just get, you know, X, whatever number, thousands of views or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I, to me, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I can't really figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but I know that the videos that we post on Twitter, and I'm trying to get them transferred over to YouTube, yeah. of all the interviews we did here in Kansas City, those videos get a lot of views. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I really yeah. enjoy being able to interview the players. I really enjoy that a lot. Yeah, and it's because when I watch your your guys' interview, the Cascade Hoops, it's almost like I'm um, there with you guys, almost like behind the camera, you know? And... I just love listening to podcasts. And when I saw yours, I was like, man, I feel like I'm listening to this athlete talk just about the game or because, you know, you can't watch every game in NAIA. So you doing a interview of a great player who just had a good game or just lost. I'm just like, oh, that's who we're going to play. Or, you know, like you just hear names all around and just putting a face to a name. Yeah. It's just so special. Well, that's why what we did this year and my friend who came downstairs with me, he and another friend of mine, Chuck, helped me. Because uh, we just carry my phone around. Yeah, that's my podcast studio mm-hmm. when we travel, and I always go to the coaches because I follow Oregon Tech. Everybody knows that I follow Oregon Tech, mm-hmm. and I just go to the coaches wherever we are. And I like if I go to Eastern Oregon, I'll go to Coach Camp. I'll go, hey, whoever wins, if you guys win, get two guys out here by the basket, and I'm going to interview them. And our coaches are like, oh yeah, yeah. And then Oregon Tech lost more than one did it this year so it was, yeah. it was a little bit tough i mean you're sitting <laughs> yeah. there you cheer for then all of a sudden you got to interview the guy but uh my wife told me get over it you're there for the guys but every time a player came out they were extremely humble extremely thankful yeah and uh we would do the interview right there in front of the basket it's just really cool but mothers and friends and girlfriends would watch and then yeah. post it up on twitter super rewarding yeah and it's all it's uh, that's the level of a of a, I don't know if attention is the right word, but publicity or whatever that this sport needs. And I'm just one guy, and I can only get, go to a few yeah. games each week. Uh, but I, I if I, if I had my if I had my my lottery dream, 
I'd have a yeah. motorhome, and all season long, I'd be going around to all these different conferences, oh, and I'd be going to games <laughs> and interviewing guys after the game because it's just so great to get them up on Twitter and, like you say, let everybody see them and hear them. Yeah. And they're always great guys. Mm-hmm. Always. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's not like, uh, you know, the NBA interviews where someone's cussing or, you know, none of that. It's just... It's just fun to see someone talking. I don't know. I, I can't explain it because I know you're feeling the same way. Just to hear yeah. someone, you know, have the time today to talk to you, just like we are right now. Just well, let me let me put it in perspective how much it means to the players. Is mm-hmm. uh, During the regular season, I interviewed a couple of guys from Eastern Oregon because they beat Oregon Tech twice. Yeah. And so I got to know them. And we go over for the playoff game, the first round of the Cascade Conference playoffs game. And the warm-ups are going on. And where we sit behind the Oregon Tech bench, the, the the doors right there go out to the men's room. And I'm going out, and, of course, in front of our bench, Eastern Oregon's warming up. You know how that works. And I'm, I'm going over there, and uh, Sean McGinnis, who plays for Eastern Oregon, as I'm going out the door, they're doing, doing warm-ups. He grabs me. He goes, hey, man, it's great to see you here. I got all my Oregon Tech gear <laughs> yeah. on. And he grabs me. I mean, that's what isn't that what it's all about? All about. He doesn't care if I'm wearing my Oregon Tech gear. He just yeah. knows I'm trying to help NAI. Yeah. And he knows that in 20 minutes I'm going to scream and yell and hope he gets beat. But yeah. for that time, yeah, that to me, that that moment right there told me a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. And just for the little moment that I've been talking to you, it's, you're pretty special in this NAIA uh, level because we were coming out of that one clinic the other day when I was with our assistant, assistant coach. Yeah. And I saw the hat, I saw the Cascade Hoops talk, and I was like, I, I like, you know, I nudged him. I said, Day Day, I think that's Cascade Hoops. And then he was like, oh, maybe try to talk to him because, I mean, you're starting a podcast. And I was like, I didn't even, it didn't come to my mind like, oh, I'm doing a podcast, he's doing a podcast, we can talk about podcast stuff. So I was just like, you know, that's why I went up to talk to you, and I was like, your inspiration to NEIA and to these players, and it's exciting to have you at a big tournament. And yeah, and I see you behind the booth. Uh, you're on the the last booth, and I'm. It's fun to see you. <laughs> you and your friend have the same hat, and you know it's. Yeah, you're very. We're known. right there in the target zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The refs always looking at you. So, yeah. So last thing, do you uh, want to have anything to say to end, or you can actually uh, shout out. Um, can I sing? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say you can sing too. <laughs> I was gonna say, but yeah, you can uh, give a shout out. You can use the time to give a shout out. Uh, no, I just I I just want to take a moment and thank you, Zach. I think uh, what you're doing is is really good. Uh, you've got this guy. He's got good equipment, and <laughs> you really are good behind the mic. Oh, thank I you. I think you're you just I th- I think you do a great job. You're better than I am. I can tell you that. <laughs> so uh, uh, I you. should be interviewing you. We got to set that up. Because <laughs> I no, I always interview seniors after the. The season, oh, yeah. so uh, we'll have to get you on there. But uh, you folks listening, follow him. Watch yeah. us. He's got good gear. He's going to do it right. Uh, and I just want to thank you for uh, taking a few minutes uh, be- before you know you. Maybe this is a good relaxing thing before you have a big game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I-, I really enjoyed talking to you, and thank you very very much for this yeah. opportunity. Yeah, and thank you because, like I said, you don't have to be doing this. We have a big day tomorrow, a big day for two days. So, yeah, thank you for taking the time to, you know, sit down and chat with Zachary. So uh, that's the end of it. And if you made it this far, thank you for listening to Cascade Hoops Talk, where you can find it on Twitter. Uh, Are you on Instagram? No, just Twitter, at Cascade Hoop Talk. Okay. And that's where to find most of the stuff. And then I... 
I the podcast is on Anchor, but it just goes out on RSS. So you just type okay. in Cascade Hoops Talk, it comes up Apple, Google, everywhere. Okay. Yep. So Cascade Hoops Talk uh, through the RSS uh, form, just like this podcast, and then on Twitter. And thank you for listening to Billy D and Zachary Aird. Follow this podcast's Instagram uh, at Zachary's underscore, uh, where the E is a three and the two O's are zeros. Zachary's underscore metamorphosis. Thank you for listening and to remember to always come back to the breath. <laughs>